0: Welcome to today's webinar. I have Edward Bow here with me, as usual. Hey, Eddie, how are you? Good
1: morning. How's everybody?
0: Good morning. And we have a very special guest. It's the one, the only, Robert Lowe. But not Good the morning, Rob everybody. Lowe that we're thinking. So, Rob, <laughs> welcome. When you Thank talk you about Marketing events, and you talk about taglines. Not that this seminar or anything is about that. I checked the click rate with your name in the tag. The it was four times greater that people opened it um, than than actually not. So Rob Lowe, you have a lot of wonderful attraction with that with that actual name. So, but Rob is. Rob Lowe has been in the financial services industry for about 44 years. He doesn't look it um, at all. He's looking fantastic. He's got an MBA from Seton Hall. He worked in the reinsurance market up until coming into the reverse mortgage industry, which now is for about 15 years. Um, So we're excited to have Rob today. Ed and I really want to drive this conversation from the possibility of i want you to think through what we're talking about right i want you to think with us go through what we're thinking about about the future and why something like turning your house into a tax free retirement income source that you cannot outlive is quite attractive and probably quite valuable moving forward a couple of house cleaning items that i want to go through before we get started um, in the handout section on the right-hand side of the taskbar of the control panel for the GoToMeeting is there are five handouts: um, today's slides, and then Rob provided me with three different PDFs that I thought were very valuable. Dr. Wade Fow has a whole section on reverse mortgages, which I thought was a great, easy learning tool top 10 uses of reverse mortgage, reverse mortgage fact versus fiction. And what I did is Dr. Fow is one of these people that speaks in the industries about retirement distributions. So I decided to put one of his uh, other pieces about optimizing retirement income by combining actuarial science, um, which is another piece So it's those people that really want to read. We gave you a lot of reading content here. Um, the book is doing well. It's your wealth. Keep it. We're getting some fantastic reviews over the last week. Um, so I want to thank everybody for that continuation on that. Um, and I, Ed and I talk a lot about getting ready for retirement and and setting ourselves up for all the things that are going to come. And, and I, I start to think about this and the my focus over the last few years has been on we cannot predict the outcome and how the sequence will unfold of the future. I'm sitting here looking at regardless of who gets elected in two weeks, the The tax rate, the pressure on rising taxes is substantial. The Social Security Administration is underfunded, which that needs to be addressed. The pensions are underfunded. Um, Market volatility is high. We're in an inflationary environment where a lot of things are actually You know, inflation is actually running rampant, but yet the numbers are very low. So when I look at the future, there's a tremendous amount of financial pressure that is coming, the technological changes. I mean, the fact that everybody now can do a Zoom meeting is, you know, a strategic byproduct of what has happened. Um, Medical expenses are climbing dramatically. So when we look at a financial future the traditional strategy where you have your portfolio and your house paid for and that you take your withdrawal rate and everything is fine seems to be something that is elusive and doesn't really work. Uh, And we've been experiencing
1: this a lot lately, right? Yeah. You know, the pressure, you have mentioned a lot of them. I mean, and whenever I, whenever we start talking about reverse mortgage with the clients, it's I think the most important thing to remember is that when we're building out these plans, we're trying to build out the flexibility and options, and this is just another potential option for for clients to use. And everybody's situation is different, and everybody's reasoning is different. So, but uh, you know, from a tax perspective, going forward, I, I you know, again doesn't matter which side of the aisle you're on it doesn't matter i just think checks were written and they're they're talking about writing more checks as of today and the deadline is tomorrow according to the house representative. so um you know there's gonna be a lot of pressure on on just economics period whether you know re- republican democrat independent doesn't matter you know we're gonna have to come come with some cash to solve this problem sooner or later so
0: exactly and i think i want to Rob, I'm going to set this up because one of the things that I focus on is that when we start to talk about the financial pressure and you look at the breakdown of potentially where somebody's income can come from, they might have pensions, they might have social security, or they may be relying solely on a portfolio withdrawal. Um, And there's a whole series about whether or not this portfolio withdrawal is really an adequate number, this three and a half or 4% rule. I recently had an article published about the 4% rule and how, when it was created in 1990 by Bill, Bill Bengen, the, the CD rates in the 10 year treasuries were around 7%. Just to put that in context, the (laughs) the 10 year treasury this morning was about 0.7. So, you know, Back in the day when interest rates were high, retirement distributions were really a lot easier than they are today. And we're heading into this environment where the the unknowns are really out there, right? And one of the things that we've been focusing on is creating a structure for the clients where when we get to 65, we have life insurance cash values that the policies are paid for where the dividend can be received from the policies or a withdrawal and there's a death benefit that's eight hundred thousand dollars I also had another article talked about the living value of the of the death benefit and how we want to use this in the future and this brings me to where I want you to visualize for a second um, a Swiss army knife right? So Swiss Army Knife has lots of options. Everybody has a favorite piece they pull out of their Swiss Army Knife, right? But all those things are there for a reason. There are things that we're going to encounter during our lifetime that require different tools to get through difficult periods. And when I say difficult periods, in retirement you know, it's inflation, it's higher taxes, it's higher market volatility, it's lower interest rates, right? So one of the things that we talk about creatively all the time is saying, if I have a $250,000 cash value life insurance policy that has a death benefit of $800,000, there's $650,000 of additional capital. There's a net death benefit. You know, if this is the client yesterday or Friday, and they happened to die yesterday, this plan is increased by $800,000, right? So the benefit has gone up or an additional 650. And what I want you to think about is how do I approach this so that when things become substantially bad, meaning markets are down, inflation is high, taxes are high, where do I access funds to improve the quality of my life, right? And which means get more income net after tax to enjoy with my family. And this is a slide that I pulled out of the the um, video. It's your wealth, keep it. and That's the book, the your wealth curve, which is all of these pressures, you know, mounting. Our parents, our the taxes and the sweet 16s and the kids not launching and the, you know, black swan events and more taxes, you know, this, you can click here and watch the, the, the actual video. I also wanted to just point out that I forgot about this, Rob. I put a link to that wonderful video that you guys produced right here in the slides that uh, is about a, it's about a five and a half minute video that walks through the reverse mortgage and how it works, etc. But I've done enough talking, and what I want to do right now is I want to come back to let's define what a reverse mortgage is, Rob. For let's make it as simple as we possibly can.
2: Yeah, thanks, John. And I just want to you know echo. I grew up in a time where my parents had certificate of deposits getting eighteen percent interest, and I think they furnished. Their living room, dining room, toaster ovens, TVs, from bank to bank. So we're in a a really difficult time for senior populations. You see the you know the returns that uh, you're getting. You go to the grocery store, and yeah, the prices are up, but also the packages are smaller. I didn't know that I would see the day that a pound's not a pound. So (laughs) when you when you When you look at you know things, things are getting smaller. Maybe not because I you know wearing glasses, but it, you know it's um, it's just a very difficult time for the clients that I serve in in today's marketplace. But to answer your question, John, a reverse mortgage in its simplest fashion is almost like a a forward mortgage. You are allowed to access equity from your home on a predetermined formula. And these formulas are driven by the US government. The older you are, the more you have access to equity, the younger you have less. In a reverse mortgage, any proceeds that you take is non-taxable which is a very powerful tool. It is your equity. You know, people, you know, often think that a reverse mortgage, the bank wants to own your home. No, that is not the case. The bank doesn't want a home. It is your home. You are untitled. You are on deed. You have a mortgage against the uh, property, just like many of you out there today have a a mortgage. Let's call it a forward mortgage where you're making monthly payments. Well, with a reverse mortgage, um, you have just additional flexibility. You don't have to make it a, a payment at all. You could develop a cash flow stream. You can make a payment if you want. You make a payment once a month, once a quarter, once a year. It really is up to you you are the decision maker you in consultation with your financial advisors your your accountants your attorneys find out what is the best possible solution for you so it's part of a solution it is not one solution but it gives you options we are in a very perilous time i you know i believe nobody knows what the uh, future portends This gives you flexibility, an added financial tool that you can access. If you say, yeah, that's a good idea. Well, you can put together a reverse mortgage, not take any proceeds, and have a a credit access line, if you will, that grows monthly to you. So it can never go. Regardless of
0: what the house is worth, right? Meaning Correct. the house could be flatlining in that reverse mortgage, that line of credit is in guaranteed to increase every single oh, year. Yeah.
2: Absolutely. Or if we had what ha- happened during 2008, where the house values have went down, this line can never be taken away from you. Unlike a forward line of credit that you go in a bank, what they call lines of credit, during two thousand eight, they were taken away from you because of the oh. property values. Here, they can never be taken away from you. Have a growth factor and in theory, you know if you had it at a certain point of time and you have a housing collapse, in fact, this line that or credit access line that you have can be greater than the value of your house, and you in a reverse mortgage, when it's ultimately payable, and that's when it ceases to be your primary residence, or when you move, you don't have to, <coughs> the loan is only encumbered by the house. So if your line grew to 300000 your house went down to 200000 you would only have to pay back the value of the house, not the 300000 that you took in proceeds. Which which is truly amazing. I want to
0: stop there for a second. And I kind of want to, if you think about your primary residence for a second, it's a vehicle that has pretty interesting tax benefits, right? During when you buy the house, you get to use a forward mortgage, as Rob is talking about, which is you're getting an interest deduction. You're making a payment of interest. And in the current tax law, you can deduct up to $750,000 of that mortgage interest. But one of the most unique things on a house is the tax treatment when I sell it. If it's my primary residence, the two out of the last five years, I can sell it for a $250,000 capital gain exclusion, which means if I bought a house for seven fifty. dollars put no money into it, and sold it for a million, that that $250,000 gain is tax-free. If you're married, you each have one, so therefore it could be $500,000. And then when you add the reverse mortgage to this conversation, is that now it can be a tax-free, guaranteed lifetime income generator. That makes it one layer more powerful. And I think that's where I kind of want to step back for a second and say, let's let's assume the client has this hypothetical house of the five hundred thousand dollar number, right? Let's just talk about and you know what I Ed and I hear this all the time. I'm going to sell the house and move to a smaller house, right? Because people haven't accumulated enough money. People are there, and I had somebody in the other day, and I thought it was a fantastic conversation. She said to me, "I finally have the house exactly the way I want it to be. I'm 67 years old. i paying for this house for 35 years. I don't want to move. I want to enjoy it. I want to. I love my buy house. And that's a lot of people feel that way, right? So, what the reverse mortgage allows is, you know, you could sell the house, buy another house, and take some cash out. But let's talk about this $500,000 house and what your options are potentially utilizing a reverse mortgage. Option number one is that home equity line of conversion, right?
2: Say it right, because I didn't say it right. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, we face that, you know, all the time. And typically, the decision is usually whether I'm going to sell the house or I want to stay in the house. Now, it seems to me the older you get, the more the people just from a peace of mind standpoint, we're all creatures of habit where we feel comfortable and peace of mind, people want to stay in the home. So when a house valued at, you know, you know 500,000, There might be a little bit more upkeep as people tend to um, um, get up a little bit in age. A reverse mortgage allows them to stay in the house, access funds, and to do any necessary repairs that need to be done on the house. Or I'm going to put, or number two, sometimes they're going to say, well, I can't Take anymore. A house is too big. It's thirty-five hundred square feet. The kids have moved away. I don't really need these responsibilities. So we can downsize. If they downsize many times, we can offer them a reverse for purchase, where they could sell their sell their home, have liquidity, have cash take a reverse mortgage on a new home that is newer, doesn't need all the updates, okay? And they don't have to take their proceeds from their um, primary home that they're selling to put it all into the new home, albeit smaller and newer. They can take a portion of the sale proceeds, put it into the new house, take a reverse for purchase, never have a mortgage payment ever again, and have liquid assets of a couple of hundred thousand that they can keep in their investment portfolio. That is probably one of the most untapped uses of a reverse mortgage today. I would say only one in 25 reverse mortgages are reversed for purchase. Now, I don't know when why I
0: bring it up When I bring it up to clients, most people don't know that that existed. and we've had a couple of clients actually do it, sell the big house up here, get rid of the big taxes that are up here, and they get down to you know the location that they're looking south, and you know they can get the most amazing house with low taxes and low upkeep for four or 500,000, but they don't want to put all their equity in there, the reverse mortgage that you're talking about to purchase is a wonderful option to get that additional home um, without actually having to pay for it. I mean, it's a wonderful thing
2: from that perspective. I think it's it's an amazing uh, vehicle especially in the uncertain times that we are um, we are in and also as people age their potential to generate additional income typically typically there are aberrations is less and less so you know if you're 30 years old 40 years old 50 years old typically you can recover if something happened if people are still working. But as you get into the 60s, people are working. But are you going to land on your feet again during this pandemic? We don't know what's going to happen. This just gives an extra safety net to a lot of folks. That's, you know, that's my belief.
0: And I think it's that, you know, we talk about pressure, right, and reducing pressure. So you know, if I have high inflation or high taxes or our market volatility, the reverse mortgage offers some really interesting options. But I think, you know, one, you have to have it set up. But the way I look at that is, I you know, let's say my house is paid for and I am the person that wants to stay in my house because I love my house. Well, I've got this five hundred thousand dollar hypothetical house. I could actually get a a monthly cash flow for my wife and I that is tax-free that lasts for my our entire collective lives which if the people are 70 let's just use that example for a second you can be looking at 25 or 30 thousand dollars a year off the house tax-free right Rob?
2: correct so i That's very people, powerful
0: very powerful so you think about getting thirty thousand. 000 a year tax free, that's like pulling out a lot more money, right? A lot more money from like, more. Vehicle, like an IRA. Like, you know, one of my big concerns is moving into the future is that person with the million dollars in the IRA, that's where the majority of their assets are and they're pulling out their 40 or $50,000 a year and they have an emergency or an uh uh-oh, as I like to call it, right? I need some capital. They've got to pull significantly greater capital. Let's say I need an extra 100,000. I can pull 140, 150 just to net the $100,000, where the reverse mortgage kind of gives you those access points where you can access money in the home equity conversion portion and you can blend the two together. So one of the things that I've seen is Hey, my house is worth $650. I've got a mortgage of $250. The payments are killing me, but I really want to be here. Well, you would use that home equity conversion mortgage, right? Which would pay off the mortgage. You'd have no, you'd have no payment. So that frees up the cash flow. It drops the withdrawal rate on the portfolio. Or I've had people do a combination where they say, the house is $600,000 and I'm going to get a uh, $200,000 home equity line of conversion and I'm going to get a 150 or $200,000 portion of it where I'm going to get that monthly income because I want both. I need that money to go grab every once in a while. Um, but again, I think there's a big misconception is also that I want to bring this up is that a reverse mortgage is not for people that are successful. And I would actually Say the opposite of that. If I have the proper planning, reverse mortgage is a wonderful tool that you know allows the person to really generate really efficient income. Because most people do not want their parents' house when they pass away. I mean, right? I mean, just you know, we all get our into our own worlds, and you get focused in where you are. Some people want their parents' house, but most people don't. So I'd rather have other assets. So the life insurance becoming the replacement vehicle is wonderful. Even for people that don't have the life insurance, it's still a great tool to generate this additional flexible income. Um, and these things are the FHA. Let's just go over that for a second. So you got FHA and you got private. Let's talk about the differences in how much money can
2: be you know, sourced on the private versus the FHA side. Well, you know, tip under an FHA, and they call it the HECM, which is a home equity conversion mortgage. The max lending limit is $765,600. That doesn't mean that you can access all of that. So let's say your home was worth a million dollars. They're going to start at 765600 six hundred. Then they're going to discount based on your age. So let's say you're you're 62, which is the youngest age for a home equity conversion mortgage or an FHA mortgage. You're going to be able to get 50% of that $765,600. That's how much equity you would be able to access. Okay. So it doesn't matter if your home is... A million, two million, three million, that's the cap. In the private mortgage industry, or what we typically call the jumbo market, there are loan amounts up to $5 million. So individuals that say this is only for those people that can't afford it or just need based, that's not true. Currently, I am doing one, and I will withhold the names, that an individual has a home in New York City, very exclusive area, homes probably worth $7.5 mortgage on the property is $2.1 they have another estate in Connecticut, but rents have dried up in Manhattan, it's not the same market. So the individual, younger 60s, is concerned because, you know, when you're that successful, your expenses are high, your income's high, but also your expenses are high. You get one blip in the universe, one event, and it throws their whole plan out of kilter. So that kind of puts the distort, you know, um, Puts it in perspective. It, it's not for those people that are making twelve hundred a month in Social Security. I mean, it. This really runs the gamut across all income levels. The jumbo market is typically for those that are more aff- affluent and whose property exceeds one point five million dollars. I mean, that's. There's. Go ahead.
0: I would say you would also use that private mortgage. Sometimes you get into areas where there are developments or condos where they're not FHA
2: approved, so you can't necessarily do them. That is In true. A, that's you a good could use the private. That's right. That's true. Currently, to use a home equity conversion mortgage or an FHA mortgage, a condominium development needs to be approved by the FHA. And we've seen since 2008, less of those developments being approved because the boards, the paperwork, they don't have enough of insurance. They don't want to go through the paperwork. They don't have the appropriate reserves. Whatever the reason to get it approved, you're not allowed. With a private mortgage, you can do these particular units. They don't have to be FHA approved. They could be Ginny Mae approved, Fannie approved, Freddie approved, or they could be approved by the specific lender already. And the process Mm -hmm. to get it approved typically takes about 48 hours. So it's a lot easier than getting an FHA, uh, getting a, condominium development approved under the fha which typically takes 30 to 60 days
0: now we hear a lot of negativity around the expenses of a reverse mortgage that they're expensive you they know a lot of fees let's talk about when if somebody has this you know house of 500,000, and they're going to be doing for let's just say they can access 300,000. dollars what are we talking about as far as like setup fees, et cetera?
2: The fees, I mean, for those that are familiar with FHA mortgages in the forward world where you're making mortgage payments, okay, the fees on a HECM, home equity conversion mortgage, are the same as they are under an FHA, essentially. The biggest fee, is you have an upfront mortgage insurance premium of 2% of the value of your home. So under your example, John, the home is worth $500,000. 2%, that upfront mortgage insurance premium gets paid upfront. And then you also have the typical, on a $500,000 house, you would assume closing costs, title, appraisal, and all the you know other miscellaneous things that you have to do is approximately thirty five hundred, thirty four hundred. That's probably that's probably mortgage recording, you know what have you. So those are those are the fees associated associated with so that,
0: it. That two percent mortgage fee, in essence, is from what I understand, it's a it's a premium that is taken that is given to the to the Fed to guarantee uh, the payment, right? If something would to happen to the financial institution,
2: is that correct?
0: P- correct. It's, so it's really a guarantee. You're paying for the insurance, you're guaranteeing your payment. So regardless of what bank that you do this with, that's really, now does that happen on the private ones as well?
2: Well, well let me go back to, uh, to that. You are paying for that so if there's anything that happened to a lender, okay, your loan would continue to be serviced under the same terms and and conditions by the federal government. But number two, it is to protect you that in case we had another 2008 and home values fell, it's a non-recourse loan, which means that the only thing that's encumbered or that's more is your house. You can never owe more than your house is worth. So that's a very big plus from an estate planning. So no other assets of a person's estate could be encumbered. In the proprietary markets, there is no mortgage insurance premium. It's not a federally insured program it's privately portfolio uh, it's a portfolio product meaning mm. that they loan to values are a uh, slightly less than the FHA because of yeah. that, that risk factor there's you know no guarantee no guarantee
1: still a non recourse loan though in the private
2: it, is, it is a non recourse loan but you're not going to get access you know to as higher percentage. And I'm using forward terminology, loan to value. In the reverse market, they call them principal limit, but nobody knows what a principal limit is. So <laughs> I just try I migrated to a loan to value.
1: Yep. So yeah, and some of the misconceptions, I, I've got a few written down here. We've already hit a lot of them, but passing debt onto my heirs which you just addressed was If the loan goes upside down versus the property value, there is no debt being passed on to the heirs. It's, you know, like you said, you can't have more debt than the property's worth, even though, let's say in John's example, the house is still worth $500,000 at death. They lived a long and fruitful life, and for whatever reason, they pulled out more money than the $500,000. Let's say they pulled out $600,000 in payments for argument's sake. Uh, that extra hundred thousand dollars the bank can 't come after the beneficiaries or the heirs of the property to recoup that extra hundred thousand that they didn 't necessarily account for is that correct
2: that 's a hundred percent correct
1: Okay. Um, so there are some other good misconceptions and myths um, you know i 'm giving up ownership of my uh, of the house um, The bank okay. takes my house when I die. Okay, and and I think you've kind of addressed a lot of these, but I just kind of wanted to put them out there because it's kind of like how people kind of address us with it and say, you know, the the bank only takes the house when you die if you took more money than what the house is worth. <laughs> so you don't want you don't want the property anymore. You want the that the bank to have it. You know, in the real world, if the house is worth five hundred thousand dollars and you took three hundred thousand dollars in income out during your lifetime. The house still has a value of two hundred thousand dollars, right? Sell the property, pay the pay the note off, and you you net the difference, correct?
2: That is, that's correct. There's a, one thing. Let me just let me just be cl- you know hundred percent clear on this. The bank doesn't own your home. It's a mortgage, just like a forward mortgage. Right. You are on title. You are on deed. But I also want to address one thing you uh, you said. If you had five hundred thousand home value, you took three hundred thousand dollars. You're not just paying back the three hundred thousand, but any accrued interest on that, at, you know, at, as well. To be fair, and okay. we are in a low we are in a low interest rate environment, as you you know, as financial planners, you know, you know. So. Pretty much the reverse mortgage rates pretty much mirror the forward rates might be a little bit higher, but still very dramatically, you know, low compared to what they were 15 years, you know, 15 years ago.
0: So, yeah, from a from a creativity standpoint, you know, like if I have this $500,000 house and I'm able to do the $300,000 home equity that they heck them. I could pull out 300000 As long as that house is going to be my primary residence, I could buy the second home with that. Couldn't I? Down, down in wherever.
2: Yes, nobody is. Nope. Proceeds for whatever I want. Yes. No one's going to ask you, what are you doing with that money? You know, I've had... Some people in construction, for example, that flipped, that took money out of their home, was in construction to purchase a home. He took the cash, flipped the home. That was his business. So we used it for that particular reason. I've also had many other business owners take out a home equity conversion mortgage where their cash flow payments to them are very uneven, so they use the HECM As a bridge and able to take them through periods of time when they're not getting revenues come in. When they get the revenues, they replace, pay back the line of credit, the line of credit grows up, so they use it as a financing tool. Because it can never be taken away from them.
0: Which is really powerful. I mean, so many things can be, you know, are subject to to change where this is, you know, you're gonna get the tax-free income. If you're gonna, let's say that $300,000 is approved and your goal is to get monthly income, you wanna take the monthly income from the reverse mortgage because it's tax-free. I mean, that doesn't, it doesn't go on a tax return either. So it doesn't cause other problems. Right. It just, I, I look at this and say, what a wonderful tool to utilize In any environment. Um, And right now, I would think with interest rates low, the amount of money that you can access is more,
2: correct? That's correct. We are at the 100% threshold where it's the perfect time to be considering a reverse mortgage. Because even if
0: you don't need it, it's almost like set it up so that it's in place. So when I do need it, I can take advantage of it.
2: It's a very it, it, it's a very powerful tool. You might not need it for ten years, fifteen years. You may never need it, but you but you always have it. The worst. And capturing it a-
0: here with low interest rates and potentially high property valuations could be a really smart thing,
2: oh, absolutely. depending upon how sequence goes. <laughs> yeah. well, absolutely, you want to you want to plan in advance for those shocks, those financial shocks that we all experience from time to time or decade you know, to decade. So you don't want to come down when you have a gun to your head and say, oh, I need a reverse mortgage. I have all these problems because there are qualifications in a reverse mortgage that there weren't years ago. 10 years ago, seven, even 7 years ago, anybody could get a reverse mortgage as long as they had equity in their home. Today, that's not the case. We have to make we have to make sure that the individuals have enough income. This is not a band-aid solution for them. It makes sense. They've paid their debts on time. So, you know, unfortunately, I would say one of out of every four prospects I encounter, they planned too late. The situation got out of control. And unfortunately, per government regulations, they don't qualify for a reverse mortgage. So,
0: keeping the balance at all times and putting it in place sooner. You know, even if you don't need it, what a wonderful tool, because you might want it in the future, depending upon what happens. And I think one of the things I want to I want to talk about here and I kind of want to wrap this up also is, you know, what what are the steps somebody should take if they're interested in learning more about the reverse mortgage and or whether or not it's right for them? you know, obviously contact you, but is there a website or somewhere where they can go and learn more about this?
2: Oh, absolutely. You can, you know, you could go, I would first go to uh, a YouTube video that I created that explains reverse mortgages.
0: Or I have a link right here. Right. I have this YouTube linked here in your slide.
2: Right. And also, you know, I don't know, I would go to FamilyFirstReverse.com. Explain reverse. Correct. Explain reverse mortgages. I have a couple of videos up there that you can view on, you know, on it. John, what I should have done, and people would get a kick out of this, or what you said, uh, you know, initially, with the name Robert Lowe. I was on TV twice with Robert Lowe the actor <laughs> because they wanted to find me. I was on a I was on a show, the Meredith Vieira show, and Rob Lowe and Meredith Vieira would ask me questions and they had to figure out who the real mortgage banker was in Red Bank, New Jersey, because the name that of the show great. was the same name game. But I have a I have a whole library. Of videos, and I don't typically like to clutter, you know, websites with it, uh, because every client is unique. You know, John, if anybody wanted to reach out to you and they had specific questions, I could share some videos with you. I have videos on reverse for purchase from a financial planning perspective you know, you know what it means. So I have a whole myriad of of different videos, but I would start with the YouTube video that I have that explains the government insured or the home equity conversion, you know, mortgage, the proprietary uh, mortgage or the jumbo reverse mortgage is a a little bit different. And I, I, you know, I think that is uh, more high level and there are changes to that program on a daily basis, so I don't I don't want to be up, updating the website on a on a daily on a daily basis, but rather have that in conversations in in concert with with the financial planning firm.
0: Fantastic! This is Rob. This was really a wonderful conversation. Um, very simplistic. The video is a good video. I would watch that. Um, And I want you, again, to think about from the perspective of what's happening. You know, if we're here on our timeline and we're going out into the future and all this potential stuff is happening to us, we need as much flexibility as we can possibly get our hands on. And when we do that, getting the most tax advantage way can be very important in the outcome. Of success. Ed, any
1: closing comments before Um, we close? Yeah, just a couple things. Um, You know, the, the, the reverse purchase, I almost think it's counterintuitive to people. Like, how do I go buy something without really purchasing it? You know, with either getting a loan, but they're not thinking of it the right way. It is a loan, but it's, let's call it backwards right? You're going to accumulate the loan over time. And so that's, I agree. No, not enough people utilize that or, and I don't think they truly understand it. Um, I always think the emotional hurdle that we have with some of some of the clients, when they want to, when you start talking about a reverse mortgage, you know, they they get attached to the home and want to leave it as a legacy asset. Um, as John said, and, you know, I, most of the kids or you know the beneficiaries don't want the property, and who knows what that state of that property will be in at the time of that the person's demise. So um, that's a behavioral thing that you have to get over with, you know, within yourself to move forward with this. But I think it's a great tool. I just you know from a tax-free income perspective, and you know there's some really good information you gave today, Rob, that I even, I, I think I have to think about a little bit more is potentially setting it up, getting these the these lines in place. Maybe I don't need it now, but maybe down the road, like it's, it's a perfect time to get it set up. And, you know, now oh, I have this, right? like value. Not, yeah. the options and flexibility. I think that's how we kind of started this. Like, and, and it's a tool, it's just another tool in, in the, in the tool belt. To how do I manage my financial life? So um, like John said, you got all these things happen. You know, we just had, a. it's funny. We had a black swan event this, you know, in March, you know, and, now with the well, we talked about a lot of checks being written to kind of help this black swan event along and get over it. Potentially, taxes are going to go higher. I mean that you know that's going to have that 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 pay, that that bill has to be paid at some point in our lives. So at
2: some, at some point in our time, that bill will definitely have they
1: can, to be. You kick that can down the road so far. I mean, at some point, it's gonna it's got to be addressed. So you know that's my my two cents. So thank you. I like your two cents. That was a good two cents. <laughs> Rob,
0: we really appreciate it. I'm going to, I think we, I'd like to do like a, like a follow up with like a longer podcast where we dig into different scenarios and different things for people that are really interested in this. So I'm going to reach out and schedule a different conversation with you. Cause I think this is the more education we can provide clients. I think the better off everybody's going to be. And how they can really do this without disinheriting their family, they can do this without, you know, fear of running out of money. These are all the important things. So I really appreciate your time.
2: Yeah. Uh, no. Thank you for you being know. Here. Oh no, no worries. And you know, I don't want to get into the weeds. You know, and I, you know, thank you for the time. But we can do reverse mortgages in a trust too, as long as they meet certain standards. So there are more complex rehearsals. I like that. I like that. I like that a lot. So, you know, I don't want to say a hundred percent of the time, but if everything is constructed correctly, we can, we can accommodate that.
0: That's fantastic. All right. On that note, thank you and talk to everybody soon. And I think our, our next one is two weeks out, which will be right in the middle of the election, the day before the election, I think. That would oh, be boy. interesting. <laughs> <laughs> we we'll have all, I guess, hey, we got to do a theme on elections, right? All right. I'll leave that.
1: I'll all leave right. that alone for a moment.
2: <laughs> That'll
0: be Me great too. But, uh, all right. We'll poke there, So let's actually figure it out. But anyway, guys, have a wonderful day. And Rob again, thank you. And thank you for getting my click rate up on my on my messages. All right.
2: More than welcome. All right. I'm gonna have you day.
0: call and make a reservation at the toughest restaurant to get into. This is Rob Lowe. I need a reservation now.
2: You know. I've done, done that, John. I've done that, I've done that. Have a great day, gentlemen. Thank, thank you. you. Welcome to the end of the video.
0: Smallwood Wealth Management is an investment advisor representative. The opinions expressed by Smallwood Wealth Management and guests on this show are their own. All statements and opinions expressed are based upon information considered reliable, although it should not be relied upon as such. Any statements or opinions are subject to change without notice, information presented for this educational purposes only. Moreover, no listener should assume that any discussions or information presented serves as a receipt of or substitute for personalized advice from Smallwood Wealth Management or from any other investment professional and is not intended as an offer of solicitation for the sale or purchase of any specific securities, investments or investment strategies. Smallwood Wealth Management is not a law firm or an accounting firm and no portion of this presentation should be interpreted as legal, accounting or tax advice. Information expressed does not take into account your specific situation or objectives and is not intended as a recommendation appropriate for any individual. Listeners are encouraged to seek advice from a qualified tax, legal, or investment advisor to determine whether any information presented may be suitable for their specific situation. Thank you for listening.